Hey, Barry. Hey, Al. What do you call a mage with a talent for cooking? No idea. What? A saucerer. It's time for Compelled Duel. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Al. And I'm Barry. And we are a single-player co-DM'd Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast. Previously on Compelled Duel. Out of this stagnant water rears the head of a giant crocodile. Fee just yells, fucking what? I hate this place. Leo, this crocodile's massive jaws yawn in front of you and then clamp down around your sides. I'm great, Fee. I'm fantastic. And then he passes out face first on the ground in front of you. Ah! These swamp fever sometimes come and if you get blood in swamp water, sometimes you'll get sick, yes? Swamp fever, okay. That's bad. Am I gonna die? No, don't be stupid. You're fine. These plants that grows on outskirt of swamp, it makes fever go down if you put it in tea. You are looking for pink petal, white stem. Pink petal, white stem. I'll find it. His eyes open. I feel like I've been run over by a cart. Fee just starts laughing. <laughs> if the old man sent you to Vogvoldur to kill me, why didn't you just let me go? You could have gone home a hero. I don't know what I want out of our dynamic going forward. And if you died outside of that swamp, I would never have the opportunity to think about it. I've got a lot of people I hate and battles that I need to fight. And if I can take you off both those lists, I think it gets a little easier for both of us. Leo leans back on her shoulder. Fee doesn't push him away. It's been, I would think, a few days of just riding on cuddles. Leo, you still don't feel great. <laughs> Mechanically, what we've established is that Leo's strength modifier has been knocked down from plus two to negative one by this. You finally come upon a circle of temporary shelters, it looks like. Not tents, but like houses that could very easily be torn down and packed away. You see a bunch of very small Fearbulg running around in this circle presumably playing some sort of tag-adjacent game, yelling and giantish. You see a larger Fearball kind of stretching, and you see a very, very old, shriveled Fearbolg who is yelling after the kids and gesturing wildly. This one yells something in giantish, and the entire group of Five small Fearbulg children and two older Fearbulg all turn to look. 
And then they are all yelling and just converging on the bunny. Leo, who is still on the bunny, is going, Oh, hello. Hi. <coughs> How's it going? The youngest of the small fearbug children starts climbing up on cuddles with you and just like grabs your hair <laughs> unprompted. Oh, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. <coughs> Be careful with that, kiddo. Uh-huh. Behind you, Fee subtly shifts back. <laughs> she is separated from you. And very politely says, Hello, lovely to meet everyone. Switching to common, this one says, Right, this is this one's clan. This is... And then they point, Brother of mine, uh, grandmother. And then they gesture wildly <laughs> at the five children and say, And the babies. Who's babies? This one, like, furrows their brows and tilts their head and goes, This one does not know how to say in common love mine. And then says something in giantish. Yova says, These one's aunt. Oh, cousins. These are your cousins. This one does clap and point at you and say, This is Vard. Cousins. Babies. <coughs> Hello, nice to meet you. I am also baby, apparently. <laughs> the little tiny fear bulb pulling on your hair grins with just like three missing teeth. And then in heavily accented common, this one is, and then they hold up one hand, all five fingers out. This one is. I try to figure out how to make my hands do 130. This little fear bug squints at you and says, you are not. I mean, I don't want to be an asshole. Number one, I'm tired. Number two, I don't want to argue with a five-year-old. <laughs> Leo just shrugs. <laughs> This one says, right, we go inside, yes, baby need rest, is, uh, and then they rattle off something in giantish. Ilva leans over and says, they say, recovering from swamp fever. Leo just puts a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, fuck. Oh, I, do, do the babies know what fuck means in common? The little tiny baby sitting in front of you. <laughs> Says, what is this word? Fuck. Shit. Oh. <laughs> ah! Leo puts his head in his hands. <laughs> the other four small children gathered around the bunny all also start yelling, fuck. Shit. I turn around and look at Fee with tired desperation. Fee just sighs heavily and says, we've been here five minutes and you already taught the babies swears. <laughs> I'm doing my best out here. The grandmother of the fearbug that you have been traveling with, as this one is like talking to her in giantish, claps her hands and says, Baby, rest! Baby would love to rest. Thank you. And then she says something in giantish and uh, bustles off. This one turns to you and says, She makes soup. We get you in bed. Yeah, let's make bed happen. Bed sounds awesome. I need help getting off the bunny. Leo is still not really steady on his feet. He needs someone to even help him walk. I would think with losing that much muscle tone in that short of amount of time, he's probably not going to be able to be upright. Yeah, no, I think like you need to be carried everywhere. Um, This one picks you up out of the saddle, 
and says, love mine, put cuddles with the other bunnies. And then carries you off over to one of these temporary structures and just, like, dumps you in a bed. I trance immediately. You take your trance. I think you wake up and Fee is just, like, cleaning her nails sitting next to the bed. Leo wakes up, hacks pitifully, and turns over to Fee. <coughs> Damn, I was expecting to see my new fan club. Oh no, they're busy yelling swears at their grandmother. Are they really swearing if they don't know they're swearing? I don't think you can shake off the consequences of teaching small children the word fuck that easy. <laughs> eh, I was saying worse at their age, but at least I had the old man to blame for that. Fee attempts a laugh, and it's a little bit hysterical. <laughs> yeah, lots of things to blame him for. I mean, I'm not going to disagree, but that seems kind of like a new sentiment coming from you. Fee makes eye contact with you for just a second, and she looks a little bit alarmed, and she opens her mouth to say something. At that moment, the door just slams open, <laughs> and this shriveled, shrunken, gray fearbug woman bustles in. She is holding a tray with a little mug of juice on it and a big bowl. And she bustles over, gives you this big smile. She has no teeth. She looks like she's thinking for a second. And then in like laborious comment, you can tell this woman does not speak comment at all. She is doing her best. She says, baby soup, baby rest, get strong. Yes, baby eat. Thank you. Looks good. This old fearbulk woman just smiles. She reaches out one big fearbulk hand and just pats you on the head. Oh! <coughs> yeah, thank you. I eat my soup so I can get strong. You take a couple of bites and she nods in satisfaction and leaves. I do think she pauses in the doorway and points at Fee and says, Baby, also eat. Like, very sternly. And Fee just, like, puts her hands up and goes, Yes, uh, soon. And then this old fearbug woman just nods and then leaves. Hey, real talk, I really like this one's grandma. She seems nice. This is the fourth time she's tried to make me eat today. I can't do it, man. Leo laughs and takes another bite of soup. Okay, so anyway, you were saying something about Coming to Vogvoldur on your own, I'm guessing that there's some baggage associated with that, given the constipated look you're giving me. Fee grimaces and just goes, like, back to cleaning her nails and goes, no idea what you're talking about. Fee, listen, I almost died a couple days ago, and you did save my life, and I'm super grateful for that. I don't have the brain power to deal with bullshit right now, so if you could cut the obfuscation, that would be amazing. He gives you just the dirtiest look. <laughs> You're guilt-tripping me with your near-death experience? Really? No, see, if I were guilt-tripping you, I would be telling you about the seemingly endless expanses of time that I spent wasting away and languishing in fever dreams, praying for death to come and take me. But... Really, all I want is for you to tell me what's going on so I can have an accurate picture of the situation, given that we're practicing this whole not-hating-each-other's-guts thing. It's more of like a common courtesy, don't you think? Fee takes a very deep breath and says, You know, 
It's saying punchable stuff like that (laughs) that makes this whole not hating your guts thing really difficult for me to practice. Leo takes a very smug sip of his soup and goes, you can't hit me, I'm a baby. And I'm sick. Do you want our new hosts to know you as the girl who punched the sick baby? (sighs) You are ten years older than me, you piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Leo just grins at her. He sighs. She just goes, Look, father and I had a pretty fundamental disagreement before I went to Vogelder. And you notice that nervous gesture that she's been doing where she like reaches up and touches the base of her neck and then she notices that her hand is there and just like snaps it away and just settles both hands in her lap and smooths her skirts down. It didn't, uh, it didn't go well. I decided that the best course of action was to remove myself from the situation. So. Can I roll insight on that? Yes, absolutely. That's a 17. Fee seems pretty upset, even just talking about whatever happened. You can put some stuff together from your own experience. Leo puts his bowl of soup down on the bedside table and kind of wrings his hands in his lap for a second and goes, So he finally turned on you, huh? (laughs) Guess everybody but me knew it was only a matter of time. Well, to your credit, I didn't think that it was ever going to happen. You were always so fucking perfect or what the hell ever. Did he do the thing where he makes you think that things that you saw were just a bad dream, or did he do the thing where he makes himself look like someone else? He fully flinches. No, he just, uh, told me to go away and not tell anyone what had happened. And I... And I did. Yeah, that one's a good one. Did you know he was lying about my mother? He was what? Yeah, the whole time. Everything. Uh, (laughs) She was younger than I am when I was born, and he paid her off to leave. If I wanted to, I could find out exactly what I'm worth in gold pieces. It's, uh... (sighs) She just, like, reaches up and wipes her eyes. It's been a bit of an adjustment. Uh, no, I, I mean, I guess we're still at the point where you have no reason to trust me, but Fee, I had no idea. I've got a little bit of experience with the old man lying to me about my mother, though, so I get it. Leo reaches out and grabs her hand. For a long second, she doesn't pull away. And then she gently pulls her hand back and goes, <coughs> Well, I, uh, <laughs> I should go get lunch before I get yelled at by uh, this one's grandmother. I'm gonna, um, and she just stands up brushing invisible dust off of her skirt. I'm, I'm gonna go. You should go back to trancing. I, um, 
and she just like flutters her hands a little bit like she doesn't quite know what to do and then just reaches back tucks her hair behind her horns again Fee she pauses at the door she doesn't turn around I'm sorry I never gave you the information that you needed to keep yourself safe. No matter how much we were at each other's throats our entire lives, I was still your big brother. I'm sorry I wasn't a better one. She doesn't turn around. She still just has, like, one hand on the door. You just watch her shoulders bow inward for a second. And she takes a really deep, shaky breath and just nods, and then she goes. It becomes increasingly obvious over the next couple days that Leo's path to recovery is going to be a pretty long and gnarly one. He's still not able to get up out of bed. He is trancing through most of the day. He is getting better, but it's going to take a little while. Fee, this conclusion is a little bit maddening for you to come to because you cannot be in this house for more than an hour without this one's grandma trying to shove food down your throat. And while she is a very sweet old lady, it does grind on your nerves a little bit. So I would assume that you're probably finding ways to be out of the house while Leo is knocked out. Oh, so extremely, yes. So you spend a lot of time out in this community of this Fearbold clan, kind of getting to know the way of life around here. It's very different from anything you know. It's a lot of people kind of working together to subsist and to live. You can tell that these folks are nomadic, that they are able to pack up everything and go at a moment's notice. The battle bunnies are impressive. There is a whole field full of them, and you find out that Cuddles is kind of a runt for a battle bunny. Oh no! But in addition, they also have some livestock that they herd around with them. They have domesticated. You would assume that, like, in normal-sized land, these would be miniature goats. They are the size of bison. They also have domesticated land-bound hummingbirds with clipped wings that are the size of wild turkeys, roughly, and just kind of hop along the ground. Oh, but they must be so pretty. (laughs) Their feathers are beautiful. Fee, you didn't know that hummingbirds had teeth until now. Ah, bad. And you also spend some time getting to know the people in this clan- They're not all directly blood-related to this one, but this one does have a pretty extensive family. They have a lot of other cousins. Their brother hangs out with you a lot. He seems like a pretty cool dude. Big, beefy, fearful guy. Closer to eight feet than seven. Very tall. Bit of a jock, but seems like he has a good heart. And the baby cousins are around you a lot as well. They seem to have formed this weird little child cult of personality around you and Leo, because you're like the weirdest two things they've ever seen in their life. They just kind of follow you, even when you don't expect, you turn around and they're there, hiding behind a tent or a bush, just watching. 
There are so many of them. This is highly uncomfortable for Fee. <laughs> the most experience Fee has with children is Lorelai Shakrana. Yeah, the oldest of the baby cousins is probably not even ten. Ugh, oh no. I don't think Fee has ever been around more than one child in a personal sense. She is now. Because Leo is sleeping for most of the day, they tend to follow you because they can't engage with Leo because their grandmother chases them out of the house with a big wooden spoon every time they try. So you've been here about a week. I think you are moving your way through the camp trying to lose your fan club somehow. And you come upon this one's brother and a couple of his bros out in a field with some really big rocks, like boulders. And these guys are just picking up the rocks and throwing them as hard and far as they can for no apparent reason. You note that they have a couple sticks stuck in the ground to mark off certain distances, and they're just going at it. There's some what sounds like gym banter in giantish going around. <laughs> okay, yeah. She's been friends with Fen for too long. She speaks Jock. She sidles her way over <laughs> and says, still in like kind of uncertain common. I think we've established Fee is fluent in common, but she has spoken it more in the last three weeks than she has ever in her life. Yeah, idioms are bad for you and your accent is terrible, but you're proficient. Slowly, she says, can I ask why we're throwing things? <laughs> this one's brother laughs very loudly, bombastically, makes a grand gesture at you. He says, vitrain for, uh, and he rattles off this really long, complicated sounding stretch of words in giantish, and then nods pensively and says, in common is, uh, uh you could say, uh, the games. Right. Yes. Got it. What games are... Explain the games. Is this the the game? You're just... You're throwing things in a field? DC's one of the games. Once a year, many clans from all over Oskaya we meet at the Great Tree. Is big tree in middle of Oskaya. And there are games, and there is storytelling, and there is funnel cake. <laughs> it's great time, and if you win, you get nice prize. What the hell is a funnel cake? Is uh, how to say in common. <laughs> <laughs> and then from next to him, you hear this grunt, and you move over to the side, and Ilva is there. She is trying to pick up a rock. Ilva doesn't have a great strength modifier. You see her kind of grunt and push this rock a little bit, and then curse in giantish, cast shillelagh on her staff, and just hockey swing this rock all the way across the field. Yeah! This one's brother goes, DC's cheating. Ilva goes, you'll sound like sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, interesting. And then Fee tilts her head. She's like thinking for a second. She goes, when you say there's a prize, this prize wouldn't happen to be uh, an amount of money that one could rent out a ship for. This one's brother squints and says, why would money be prize? 
Yeah, that's fair. Wishful thinking. No, so winner from previous games offers a prize for next year. So last year, winner was Katya of Clan Mistfoot, she who rode the Snapping Turtle. She has Boat. Perhaps Boat is involved in prize? This one does not know. Right, right, right. Fee, like, leans around him to look at Ilva and says, Any relation? Ilva blinks and says, Ah, yes, Katya is my cousin. She does have a boat. It comes to my mind now that perhaps I should have mentioned this. (laughs) That would have been really helpful when we were on the mountain talking about how we needed to catch a boat. You know what? It's fine. You're doing your best. I appreciate all of your help. I mean, if you want to get technical, I haven't seen Katya since I was like eight. So just calling up and asking favor is rude. Yes. Totally understandable. I think I would rather break my own wrist than ask for a favor from any of my cousins. Ilva gestures at you and says, yes, see, you understand. But if you were to compete in games, or perhaps if Love Mine and I were to win, we could give you our prize, get you a favor from Katya, yes? Yes, that would be helpful. We've already uh, been away for a while. And I, you know, my life would be a lot easier if I had a sending spell. And she just kind of looks up at the sky and she says, I'm just putting that out in the universe. My life would just be way easier with a sending spell. Why do you ask the sky for spells? It's so complicated. This one's brother goes, this one needs no spells, and picks up a rock and hurls it. He turns to Ilva, completely ignoring that. No, really, is this what the games is? Because I don't, uh, all due respect to you and your wife, I don't think any of the four of us can do that. This is one of the contests. There are six main ones. Is also recollection of deeds, where you tell story of your great deed within the past year. Is feats of nimbleness, where you prove how dexterous you are. Winning the games requires broad skill set, yes? Understood. And then Fee says, I assume this isn't going to really help me, and kind of snaps her fingers and makes lightning. Can you use lightning to throw rock? You know, I haven't tried it. This one's brother again yells, This is cheating! And also apparently it's cheating. Ilva winks at you. Fortunately for us, his opinion is not the one that matters. He yells something at Ilva in giantish. He says, Well, in that case. And then she's gonna walk up to one of the boulders and cast a fourth level thunder wave. Okay, well the rock is a rock, so it can't save. The rock can't do a con save? Perhaps Dwayne Johnson could. This rock (laughs) cannot. (laughs) You just unload your highest level spell into this thunder wave and fucking launch this rock. It goes way beyond any of the rocks that this one's brother or any of his bros have thrown. You hear all of them kind of muttering in giantish to themselves as your rock just goes airborne and flies past the furthest distance marker. And skids to the ground. Fee turns back to them, bobs a little curtsy, says, Boys, 
You get the sense that Ilva and her brother-in-law have a little bit of healthy competition going on, because she digs him in the ribs with her elbow pretty hard as you guys pass him and goes, How does it feel to be beat by baby? And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then walks you back into the camp. A couple weeks pass pretty much like that. Leo, you get a lot of sleep. You eat a lot of soup. One day you are sitting outside on the ground and all of this one's little cousins are just sitting around you in a circle. They are just watching attentively. Leo is sitting in front of all of them with his fingers steepled in front of him and a big shit-eating grin. And he goes, Hello, my friends. Okay, so we're going to do our common lesson today. Are we ready? In unison, all five of these very small children (laughs) say, We are ready. Very good job. Okay, so today's word of the day is, and it's all one word, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's say it with Leo, okay? One, two, three. Son Son of of a a bitch. Very good, my friends. Now, this is a very useful phrase in common because it can be used as a noun, an adjective, or an exclamation. For example, you're talking to someone you don't like. Practice sentence. Fuck you, you son of a bitch. Also, for example, I can't get this son of a bitch in box open. And our third example, son of a bitch, I stubbed my toe. The temperature around you lowers just ever so slightly as a shadow falls over you, and Fee, deeply disappointed, just sighs and says, It's time for your walk, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And all five of the children just erupt in applause. Leo looks up at her with more than a healthy dose of fear and says, Yeah, noted. Okay, my friends, when I get back, we're gonna learn about damn it, okay? Enthusiastically, all of the kids repeat, Damn it! Great job, everybody. I'll see you in a little bit. The kids all run off. Fee takes a very deep breath and says, If those children's grandmother knew swear words in common, you would be a dead man right now. It's actually amazing how little regard I have for my own life after almost losing it to swamp fever. So can we just go on the walk, or... Listen, Fee, let me have this win. These are the first people that have really liked me in a while. (sighs) She sighs oh so deeply and then just grabs you by the elbow and hoists you to your feet. Leo's a little more mobile now. He's been eating a lot of soup. He's been resting a lot. He's still not able to fully stand on his own two feet and move around yet. He needs someone to walk with him to make sure he doesn't faceplant into the dirt. I guess, unfortunately, that's just Fee's job today. I feel like Fee does that most days. I feel like it's something that she didn't necessarily volunteer for, but, like, she's your sister, she's stuck with you. You just take her elbow and she starts leading you on a couple laps of the camp. You know, I never would have thought about myself as a kid person before, but I really think I have a gift for this. Yes, a gift for corrupting the innocent minds of children. Runs in the family. She just winces. She goes, oh, too soon. No, but really, if you're going to give the kids common lessons, you have to teach them useful words or else uh, the adults in the camp are going to start catching on. Since when has damn it not been a useful word? 
let me rephrase. <laughs> Words that they can use in polite company. You know, Fee, I think I have a little bit more experience with small children than you. I think that teaching them to cuss is a fundamental life skill that they're gonna need to develop at some point. I'm just getting them ahead of the curve. And that line of thinking also runs in the family. Anyway, I don't think Lorelai Shakrana counts as experience with children, she says with exaggerated air quotes. Okay, well, point A, Lorelai Shakrana's first word was shit, and that was not because of me, that was because of her mother. And point B, I can think of at least one child in Tordoon that is alive and thriving as a direct result of my action, which already puts me, like, eh, one up on most noble parents in Australia, so I think I'm the authority here. Fee throws her head back and laughs and says, <laughs> Saving children and courting princesses, how did you have the time to trance while you were gone? Leo stops dead in his tracks, digs his heels in, and looks like someone has just punched him right in the chest. Fee assumes something is physically wrong and just stops and goes, Whoa, are you, are you okay? Yeah, it's... I didn't know you knew about Eleonora, is all. Fee stops, frowns, and tilts her head. Only a little bit? Father was getting a lot of information about your movements while you were in Tordun. And the rumor that you were trying to set something up with the Princess of Estermyth was... I loved her. He snaps, whips his head around, looks angry for a second. He flinches. You watch him visibly rein himself back in, and he shakes his head. I loved her. He says again, much more softly. But we both wanted and needed very different things. And then her father tried to kill me, which further complicated the situation. And on top of everything else that I'm unpacking right now, I'm also having to unpack the fact that I spent the last five years, thousands of miles away, fell in love twice, and Soren's been dead for the last four months. So, it's a lot. Fee nods. Yeah. I imagine that that would be difficult. She doesn't look at him. She just kind of looks at the ground and like scuffs her foot and says, If it makes you feel better, I am also missing someone pretty important. So that hasn't been easy for me either. I'll learn to cope with it. Everybody that I was in love with is either dead hates me, or chose something better, so I don't have a lot of options. At least you've got optimism. Fee laughs at that. <laughs> when the hell have you ever known me to be optimistic? <laughs> Leo laughs with her, and it's that same kind of humorless, half-hysterical laugh that they had that first night in Oskaya. Staggers a little bit, leans on her for support. You ever get to thinking that maybe we're just not meant to have good things? 
he grimaces, and she says, Every day of my life, let's keep walking. And how? Best advice of my life I ever got was when all the shitty things in your life come after you, you keep moving forward so you don't give him the satisfaction. He takes a couple more steps. Looks raw. But then noticeably puts himself back together and you guys finish taking your walk. About two weeks later, Fee, the cabin fever, has set in again. This one's grandma just has not stopped trying to feed you. And while the gesture is appreciated, it's a little much. You find yourself hanging out with this one's brother again. This one and Ilva seem to be off doing a lot of stuff on their own, kind of scouting around the area to make sure that there's nothing threatening the clan. You are standing up on a small hill overlooking a lowland pasture-type area where all of the quote-unquote miniature goats that are the size of bison are grazing, and a few of the land-bound giant hummingbirds. And this one's brother leans over to you and goes, Firora, you do this one favor, yes? Depends what the favor is. This one needs to train. Games are in less than a month. This one wants to win. You watch the animals. It's easy. You hang out. You maybe take a nap. You tell no one about this. So basically, I do your job. Uh, what's in it for me? He looks pensive for a moment. This man is two full feet taller than you almost. Folds his big, muscly arms over his chest and nods and goes, You wish to compete in games, yes? Yes, we've established that. You'll come to leg day. This one help you. I'll have you know my legs are just fine. (laughs) Roll persuasion. 23. You like flex your calves in your mage's armor. He nods. Reaches into his loose linen shirt and pulls out a flask and goes, This one has booze. That'll do it. Hand it over. (laughs) (laughs) So he hands you the flask, and then he hands you the big quarter staff he has in his hands and goes, Watch out for Hawk. Hawk? Hawks? Uh, They... The Hawks, they take the hummingbirds sometimes... And he makes a motion like an upward claw grab of a bird of prey picking up a hummingbird. Oh. All right. Sure. Interesting. If he takes a long swig from the flask. What what should I do if a hawk tries to grab a hummingbird? Eh, um, how to say in common. Pick God and pray? If he takes another swig out of the glass, goes, Got it, yep, mm-hmm. Enjoy your rocks. This fun feel. Thank you, Fiorora. And he trundles off. You hang out in the pasture with all the animals, with your stick that you feel will not be of much use against a hawk. Let me roll a luck check. No. And just barely, no hawk comes to accost you. So you sit there, drinking out of this flask, 
It's not difficult work. You're just making sure that none of the animals wander off and that nothing big and scary swoops in to eat them. You sit down on the ground, lay down, you're cloud gazing. The sky gets overcast very quickly, about two hours into your work. And in the distance, you hear this very foreboding roll of thunder as the sky over your head starts to go gray and purple and dark bruise-like green. Fee gathers her cape into her lap and pulls out the orb that she got from her biological mother and just kind of nestles it in the folds of the cape. And I think she just keeps watching the clouds. So for that, I want you to roll me a religion check. 22. As you are sitting there watching the clouds and the sky and holding your cape and the orb in your lap, you start to notice that the shifting colors of the storm clouds overhead are syncing up with your cape and the orb. The thunder gets louder and the sky gets darker. You start to see cloud-to-cloud lightning going off within this system of storm clouds overhead, lighting up the dim sky, flashing down on the animals below. Some of the goats start to look a little uneasy. The hummingbirds start to look a little uneasy as they're hopping around on the ground. And then something really weird happens. Fee, you are familiar with the workings of storms and the workings of lightning. It's a huge part of your life. It's a huge part of your magic. Something not natural happens. And I need you to roll me another religion check. I'm going to use one of my re-rolls on Gift of the Stormbringer. And two re-rolls. And a third one. So my highest roll was a 17. I will start off by telling you that this is not a level-up event. This is a warning. As you are sitting there with your cape and the orb in your lap, watching the sky overhead churn and flash with thunder and lightning, you see the clouds start to warp in a way that doesn't make sense. The wind picks up around you, blowing back your hair from your face and ruffling the hem of the cape, but it doesn't pick up in such a way that would allow the clouds to morph in the way they do. Over your head, you see these storm clouds start to shift and move, and very clearly coalesce into the shape of a great ship with three big masts and billowing sails, extremely detailed. The wind picks up again, blows your hair back again, another giant crack of thunder comes down from the sky, rattles your lungs in your ribs, and the clouds shift and morph into a tall tower and the echo of a beam of light, and above you, you see the silhouette of a lighthouse. And the clouds shift again. Another boom of thunder roars throughout this valley, and the clouds move into the shape of a 
downward pointed sword. Another huge rumble of thunder rings out through the pasture. The clouds shift again. You can't really tell what it is this time. Vaguely, it looks to be some sort of large, winged creature, but the edges of the clouds aren't as defined as they were in the visions before. With one final boom of thunder, the clouds shift one last time, but the outline of the shape is so blurry and vague that you are not able to tell what you are being shown. A few more seconds pass, another couple white-hot bolts of cloud-to-cloud lightning ring out through the sky, and then the sun comes out, and the clouds retreat. A few seconds after all of this happens, it's like there was never any foul weather at all. Fee nods to herself, and she settles the cape back around her shoulders. She puts the orb away, and she says, All right, I don't know what you mean by that, but noted. If you'd like to try to figure out what that meant, you can roll an insight check. No, I can't. I rolled an eight. Okay, yeah, you know you saw a ship, a lighthouse, a sword, and something with wings. But that's about all you can get out of it. The sky clears. After a few more hours, this one's brother comes back and says, Everything was uneventful, yes? Yes, completely uneventful. Nothing happened at all. This is good. He takes his flask back and takes the staff back from you and sits back down and starts watching all the animals again. Fee just nods to herself a little bit shell-shocked and gets up and walks away. Three weeks pass. Leo, you're getting a little sick of this one's grandma at this point. But she's so nice. She's so nice. We love her so much. She's always there. She's always there with soup, telling you to go back to bed all the time. It's later at night, so the children are not awake. And you have no idea where the fuck your sister is. Am I mostly able to move around at this point? Yeah, you're up and about for like short periods of time. You're not going to be running any marathons anytime soon, but like a 20-30 minute walk is not out of the question. I'm assuming I've been trancing most of the day, as I usually do. I'm just going to get up, bundle up, put a couple extra layers on, and head outside, I suppose. 13. With a 13, you head outside of this temporary little house building, and you see, trailing down from the roof, just a little bit of shimmery black fabric. This isn't gonna go well. I attempt to climb onto the roof. Roll athletics! (laughs) Can I roll acrobatics? (laughs) To pull yourself up on a roof? If I get a running start, I could, like, backflip. If you get a running start, I'll let you roll athletics with advantage. How about that? Okay, negative one. Here we go. (laughs) 
12. Okay, that'll do it. You manage to, like, get your foot up on a windowsill, <laughs> huffing and puffing. Thee looks over from where she is sitting on the roof, just, like, one eyebrow raised. Leo wheezing goes, <sighs> I did it. I'm getting better. Fee tilts her head a little bit and goes, you sure are. Do you want a hand? Please. I reach out a hand for her. She tugs you up on the roof. <laughs> and then she goes back to what she was doing, which is, as far as you can tell, just laying back on the roof, looking at the stars. I lay back and look at the stars with her. <sighs> <coughs> I'm ready to not be force-fed soup anymore. <laughs> I'm ready to do something more exciting than watching hummingbirds. I mean, if you wanted something a little more engaging, I'm teaching the babies how to use the phrase douchewagon. Man, I don't know how to use the phrase douchewagon. Our dad is a douchewagon, and that's the source of all our problems. Very illustrative. She uh, shifts, gets a little more comfortable. Kind of has her arms crossed over her chest. Speaking of, looks like we might be getting out of here in the next few weeks. Maybe, if we're lucky. Oh, did you strike gold while you were out there watching the hummingbirds? Or is there something else that I need to know? There is an event that takes place in a couple of weeks where we could win some sort of prize from someone who owns a boat. I'm hearing prize. I'm hearing boat. I'm hearing win. All of this sounds agreeable to me. If we get out of here, what happens next? Leo freezes for a long stretch of time, but then eventually says, I guess we find a boat. We get out of here. We head back to Gintarum. We see who and what are left. And then we decide what both of us want going forward. Which is new. I spent a lot of my life thinking that what I wanted was predicated on ensuring that you didn't get what you wanted. But now that I know that that's not the case, we're going to have to figure that out, right? <sighs> I don't think I know what I want. <laughs> I've never been given the opportunity to figure it out. I want to do some good, I suppose, to make things better for people. I want answers. I want... And she sits up and, like, makes a gesture with her hands like she's trying to put something together. I want enough of the truth. And I want to be as far as possible from father while I am figuring out what I want, but... Unfortunately, I promised Kalesa that a few very particular people we're going to burn. So. Leo takes all of this in, nods, 
and after a long pause, says, Five years ago, back when all of this started, all I wanted was my birthright. And all I wanted was what I thought I was due. But in the past few years, in the past few months, I have learned that the things I wanted have contributed to the hurt and the pain and the death of a lot of people, including my mother, including Soren. So I don't think I want that anymore. Whatever's going on with our family, with our country, with the entire world as we know it, I want to make it so that that kind of hurt and pain and death can never happen again. So if you're looking for a concrete plan for what our next steps are, I don't have it. But it sounds like we agree on the fundamentals, at least. And I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that if the old man goes down in the pursuit of us both getting what we want, that it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Fee clenches a fist in her skirt and tilts her head one way and then the other. No, I don't suppose it would. Leo just throws his head back and cackles. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you about this later, but... It's not like the old man doesn't have a history of fucking over his own family to get what he wants. <sighs> I'm tired as hell. Let's go to bed. <sighs> yeah, I'm exhausted. Fee, can you take me down from the roof? I may have overestimated my abilities. Fee pauses, I think shuffles to the edge of the roof tilts her head a little bit, like, fake thoughtfully, and says, nah, you can jump. <laughs> and then she hops down off the roof. <laughs> or I can sleep up here, I guess. Good night. There is a loud, beleaguered sigh from the ground, and then one of Fee's hands reaches up over the roof. I take it and I jump down. A few more days go by. You notice, Fee, that the entire clan is starting to pack up camp, as it were. All of these portable-looking houses are being collapsed in on themselves, loaded onto wagons, hitched up to battle bunnies, ready to move up the road. Everybody seems really excited. There's a lot of talk that you get through translation from Ilva and this one about people being excited to go to the games, about people seeing family members, seeing friends that they haven't seen in at least the last year. And everybody starts getting ready to go. You and Leo are both told, a couple days out from when everybody's headed up the road, that you're leaving. Yeah, so everybody does the last bit of packing up, I think. Leo, this one leads you and Fee over to a small battle bunny and says, Hook it. We teach you to 
ride the bunny so we can make a, a how to say speed across the land to get to the games yes yeah sure battle bunny love that is harder to ride bunny that is not cuddles cuddles is ridden all the time and is controlled by me all the time they pat the nose of this large large bunny and say is a little harder to keep rain of bunny yes this is snuggles and then snuggles shakes its giant head its ears make these horrible big woof 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 noises as they go through the air This one holds out a large piece of hay to it, and this bunny's mouth just opens with those horrible, horrible hand-length teeth, and just chomps down. And this one says, you have to be very patient, Missy Bunny. Hey, Snuggles. Hey, buddy. I would like to try to pet the bunny. Roll animal handling. Fourteen. Okay, you pet the bunny. It looks a little bit irritable. This one says, this is good. Now get on. Okay, this is very fast. Uh, Fee, do you want to get on the bunny first? Fee looks at the bunny, looks at you, and says, Now, Leo, I would never presume, as the younger sibling here, to get on the bunny first. That's all you, man. Mmm, wow, I really appreciate the consideration that you're giving me with this. I attempt to get on the bunny. Animal handling with advantage. 21. You are sitting on the bunny in its beautiful saddle. This one says, okay, no, do not kick the bunny. If you, and they kind of like squat. You squeeze legs, the bunny goes faster. Yes? Mm-hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> they say, is baby confused about instruction? Baby is more confused about your qualifications. <laughs> this one looks so, so insulted as you say that. Well, it's just that this one, listen, you know, I've been laid up for... Uh, the past month or so, and we haven't really gotten to talk, we haven't gotten to know each other. We've been told that, you know, Ilva, for instance, is a healer and a protector of the mountains. You are a... This one frowns and tilts their head and goes, This one is... Hmm. How to say in common? Love mine. How to say in common? And then they rattle off a couple of words. Ilva, who is just like a few feet away, leaning on her quarterstaff, reading a book, without looking up, shouts back, lesbian. And this one just claps, goes, lesbian, this is the word. What, like professionally? (laughs) (laughs) This one frowns and says, this one does not know this word, professionally. Ilva rattles off a couple words in giantish. And this one says, oh, this one is small business owner. How in all of this, Leo waves his hand around, do you run a small business? This one makes artisanal soaps. 
<laughs> soaps from the ground fee repeats soaps <laughs> and this one says yes they pull a bag off of cuddles and then they open it and it is indeed full of soap this one trades at the games is very good for skin is made with goat's milk no sulfate I've been having problems with my T-Zone for years. Could this maybe help me? I give you soap. I do take the soap. I also very cautiously squeeze the rabbit in the way that they instructed me to do so. Roll one more animal handling check. (laughs) 20. This rabbit takes off in a frenzied hop across the field. Oh! <laughs> it just starts doing a lap. And this one yells, You are doing very good. You ride bunny like how you said, professional. Fee! <laughs> Fee is laughing. Fee is cackling. Fee has sunk down to the ground. <laughs> Fee is in the grass laughing. <laughs> Nothing to say about the situation. <laughs> Our camera zooms out from this field where Leo is being taken on a merry jaunt by a bunny. And that is where we're going to end this week. Well, at least nobody got sick or was in imminent danger of dying. So that's a one up from the past couple episodes. Yeah. See you guys next time. On Compelled Duel. Hey everybody, Barry here with the postscript, just clearing up a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. As usual, we are going to plug our social medias. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. You can also find us on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. We have a lot of other cool stuff, like an official Spotify account and an official website. You can find all of that stuff linked on our official social media pages. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, we ask that you consider pledging to our Patreon. You can find us on patreon.com slash compelledduel. With that said, we would like to thank our newest patron, Mara Tracy. Thank you so much for your support. When you pledge to our Patreon starting at just $2 a month, you can get all sorts of cool stuff, including early access to episodes, access to exclusive uh, playlists on our Spotify account, and even handwritten letters from your favorite character every month. And if you're interested in supporting the podcast in ways other than pledging to the Patreon, we ask that you consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get promoted to a wider listener base. And as always, word-of-mouth advertising is the greatest asset we have to our names right now, so if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far on the podcast, tell three friends about it, and if they enjoy what they're hearing, ask them to tell three friends as well. Our next episode will be premiering on Friday, July 2nd, 2021, or if you are a member of our Patreon, you'll get early access to that on Thursday, July 1st, the day after my birthday, just in case anyone is curious. (laughs) See you next week, everybody.